0: So, Father, this morning on this present Sunday, we come into your presence with expectation. We've been speaking expectation into this year this year. Because, Father, your promises are yes and will be to each and every one of us because we believe in you. And so, Father, we come today knowing that needs will be met, answers will be given, healing will flow, help will come. Supply will be in great supply as we gather together this morning in Jesus' name. We give these moments to you together. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're doing a bit of an experiment. It's Presence Sunday, as you've already heard. And I'll explain the experiment as we go along. But the outcome is supposed to highlight... The focus of our year. The vision of this house is to build extraordinary people for extraordinary times. What we mean by that is in our discipling, in our teaching people how to grow in their faith and grow in their following of Jesus Christ. We want them to see the world differently. We want them to see themselves differently. We want them to see themselves as Jesus sees them. There's a way that We see things and respond to things, but we want to think the way Jesus would think. We want to speak the way he would speak. We want to do and respond the way that he would respond. And to build a people who look like, react, and love like Jesus. People who are willing to invest their lives in the family business and that family business is loving and serving people so that They see the love of the Father in us and end up loving Him like we do. There's never been a time in history, I'm convinced, where the world has needed extraordinary people more than it needs extraordinary people right now. Today, I want to marry three concepts together. For this whole month, we've been talking about what We do when God brings people in need across our path. We've been saying that he guides the steps of a righteous man, righteous woman. He takes us to places, he takes us to people that have need of what we have inside of us. For this whole month we've been talking about that we invest in them, we love them we do what we can and we do not spare the love, we do not spare our unselfish service wherever we, we can do that we've been looking at the story that Jesus told of the, the Samaritan who came across need in the form of an unconscious man who lie on the road, on the side of the road bleeding near death Stripped of everything he had. And this Samaritan did everything he could to get that man to a place of safety, get that man to a place of health. He ran, that Samaritan ran to need. The second concept that I want to take out and place in front of you this morning is our encountering of need. There, there will be times where what we have personally is just not enough where band-aids and kindness are not going to meet the need. We we need more. We are people who believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We are a Pentecostal people who believe in the presence of Holy Spirit. That when Holy Spirit comes, anything is possible. God can give insight. God can give revelation. And that's just not available anywhere else there's so many stories in the New Testament where, where, where men and women of God showed up and they had more than they were personally equipped with, they had the Holy Spirit whispering things in their ears saying listen, say this go there, meet that person speak to this person Jesus did it all the time. The father who wanted Jesus to come and heal his very sick daughter, but in the search for Jesus, during the search for Jesus, his daughter dies. And and Jesus goes and says, listen, don't worry about it. She's only asleep. She's going to live again. He did more than was expected, more than was believed could happen. In the Scripture, the presence of God is always symbolized, always spoken of as something face-to-face. A face-to-face encounter with the living God. It's where the God of the impossible does the impossible. He has chosen to do it through us. That, that's a very important concept in our world and in our work together. His presence, where He just comes and He helps us final concept is that of team, T-E-A-M, team. We come to church, each one of us, with a God-given uniqueness, a God-given perspective, with a skill set and abilities that no one else in the room has. My staff is a great example. I come To a situation from a pastoral point of view. I look for people in need and ask what can we do, how can we do it, how can we do it quickly so that they, they get help. Debbie is an intercessor and she starts to look at prayer strategies and how do we ask God for answers. How do we pray? How do we pray specifically? Eric is a very clear thinker and about process, and he wants to make sure that what we do is going to be done well and that it's sustainable and that the end result is going to be satisfactory. I'm looking at the front end. He's already thinking about the end and how that's going to work. And Cheryl, she looks at the impact, the motivation, the principles that will be taught and caught in order that the person that is helped learns and grows in the process. Each one of us has our own gift. Each one of us has our own perspective. We all see, we all think differently, but when we work together in team, we're more effective, we're more thorough in the job that we do. People are helped. Life gets better. God seems closer. So we've taken those three concepts and we've woven them together. And let me say this right at the beginning. This is an experiment. If it falls flat on its face, it's my fault. Because it was my idea. I'm not expecting that to be the case. So the experiment. We don't preach on present Sunday. We don't come with an agenda that looks for certain outcomes by the end of the service. We start to pray. We start weeks in advance to say, God, how do you want this service to go today? We look to you. We want want a face-to-face time in this house so that people know how real you are, how close you are, how aware you are of who they are and where they're at. Today we've added a team. I'm just going to introduce you to the team. I uh, I called them a week ago, Monday, Monday, got a hold of you Monday, and said, listen, I want you to start praying today, start praying toward the uh, toward the service. And uh, listen to God's voice, get in God's word, see if there's something that he has to say to you, something that he has to say through you. Because right away, you need to know, we as a church believe God still speaks. Speaks specifically. Speaks to individuals. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be... You can be anybody, just as long as you love Jesus and he'll speak to you. Listen to his voice and see what he has to say to you about the needs in our house. Each one of these people has unique gifts. They're they're very... Own unique perspective. Candace, right here. Candace, just stand up. She's uh, she and Kyle have been in the house the longest. Okay. That doesn't mean they're old, they've just been here longer than the rest of the five, okay? Just so you know. And, and see, look at Kyle and Candace. They've been here the longest. And right? Good. Okay. And uh, they, uh, Candace has been in the house for a time and Tasha is, the, is a relatively newcomer in that she's been here for two or three years so Tasha, where are you? I thought, yeah, there you are she's here and uh, her kids are, are uh, she's a single mom in our house and she, she uh, serves in a lot of ways some of the people are worship specialists some of them are prayer people some sparkle where they serve, but I don't think any of them are anything but wonderfully unique. Kyle is back here. He gave the announcements this morning. Uh, he was about three when I got here. Zero. Three months. Okay, three months. Good deal. Now he's got kids here, and I'm feeling kind of old, but uh, uh, he's, he's been pushing into God, and he's got some good plans. Uh, um, Shan, stand up. Shan and Moira are our campus pastors. This coming week is the first interest meeting for a church that we're going to be opening in Strathmore, and so we want you to be praying for that. Wednesday there'll be uh, people that they're in contact with and uh, so Shan is a pastor who identifies as a service repairman so God makes your your uh, washer or dryer break down so he can come in and talk to you about Jesus and uh, and then he starts praying and it's pretty cool and that's that's very cool thanks Shan And then the last one is my longest friend here. It's Ella. Ella um, is a longtime friend. Uh, Her and her husband were friends of mine before Debbie and I were even married. In fact, we were going for a walk, Ella and her husband and I, and uh, we were walking down the road, and I said, see the girl in the white pants? That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) That's the one. So we've been together for a long time. Thanks, Ella. And so these folks have been praying, and they've been asking God, what have, what have you got? And so we may get to all of them. We may not get to all of them, but we're going to see what, what God's done. And, and we're just believing that each and every one of you in some way, somehow, will feel that God has heard you. God knows where you're at. There are so many needs that are represented in each and every life that's gathered in this room you say that if we come to you, you will supply all our needs according to the riches that are found in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we're believing that this is going to be a face-to-face moment in time for all of us. Lead us, guide us, Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. You may be seated. Candice, why don't you come? Candice's background is in science, and so when I said experiment, she lit up like a candle and she was pretty excited, but... I want us to talk a little bit, Candice, about um, process, because your process for this Sunday started a month or two ago. So tell them what you can tell them.
1: Okay. Um, I've been in this church, like Pastor Bill said, for a very long time, and I've always had a heart for this house. And when I was 17 years old, God told me, I have a plan for that house It's a very specific plan for this house. It's big. It's bigger than you can imagine. And I have a good imagination. So I thought, (laughs) that's so cool. Um, My family was leaving this church at the time. And I was like, I don't know, God. I don't know if I should leave. And he said, no, you need to stay because you are a part of that plan. And I want you planted in this house. You're solid here. And so I have been waiting on that plan for 29 years. And... I haven't seen anything that's bigger than I can imagine yet. So I know that we're not there yet. And we've gone through highs and we've gone through lows. <laughs> lows yeah. We've gone through a lot of lows. <laughs> and every time God's like, "Now nah, stay. I'm like, are you sure? You really want me here. Are you sure? And every time he's like, yes, I have a plan and a purpose for you in that house. And only you can meet that need. And just of late, I've been just frustrated, still not seeing something that's yeah. bigger than what I can imagine, yeah. still not seeing these seats full of people who have come to find Jesus. And I was just in prayer this year, I've been just asking God, what do we need to do to change? What is it we're fighting? What is it we're coming up against? What is it that we need to do? And and I just was like, God, I've been here for this long, faithfully serving in the house, and he's like, well, what are you doing? I was like, hello, I lead worship here, I've been here, I come all the time, and I've been faithfully serving in there, and he said, really, is that what you do? You lead worship? Is that what you call that? God's really sassy with me. I don't know about you, but when God's talking to me, I
0: just want to stop right here because in her in her telling of the story to me, she said God said sarcastically yeah. to me.
1: Yeah. He's sarcastic and sassy. So I brought with me. this
0: up at the staff meeting, like does God speak sarcastically? And Eric says, "Yes, he does. He speaks in the language you can hear because Eric hears sarcastically, Thanks and so here. that's how he speaks. And, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, there. no,
1: no, that's good. Um, my <laughs> daughter and I had this conversation. She's in Bible college in Australia, and she's God talks to her the same way, and there were people there like, oh, no, no, God doesn't work like that. But we are created in the image of God. Yes. And yeah. I'm kind of sarcastic,
2: so he must be because I'm
1: in his image. But anyways, he's like, really? That's what you think you're doing? You think you're leading worship? you're not leading worship. Anybody can show up. Anybody can serve in the house, but is your heart in it? Is your spirit in it? Are you leading or are you just singing a bunch of songs? And I thought, wow, that's, you know, maybe that's where I've gotten to. And he challenged me. He's like, I need you to lead in worship. And then he said, what's your name? Just, My name is Candace. And yeah, yeah, if you look up Various definitions of Candace say various things, but one of the things that I was always told was it means a bright white light. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be the light of the world and all this. He's like, that's not what I'm getting at. What is your name? And I said, Candace Toner. And this is where I just like rolling my eyes at God. (laughs) And he's like, exactly, Toner. And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, tone. Your purpose is to set tone. So when you lead worship, are you setting the tone in this house? Or are you just coming in and singing? And I was like, that is the cheesiest thing I have ever heard. (laughs) And he's like, is it really? What I say, my words created this entire universe. So if I have called you Toner, then you better own that. And I was like, okay. I'm supposed to own that. And so he has just challenged me to take a different stance when I lead worship in how I prepare to serve in this house. And it's, it's completely changed the way I look at my role here. And I just want to say that each and every person that has been brought to this house has a role it yes. has a purpose. Yes. You are all called of God. Might not be as literal as what's your name for you, but I would like to issue you the same challenge. Get in front of God and ask him, "What's my role? What is my purpose? Who am I called?" We just sang, "I am who you say I am." Who is it that God says that you are? Are you a giver? Are you meant to be pouring resource and finance and time into this house? Are you a person of hospitality? Are you supposed to be at that front door greeting people? Are you supposed to be the person giving hugs? Are you just supposed to be that warm smile to a person who's had a really crummy week and they come in here and they see all these smiling faces? So my challenge to you is to figure out, just spend some time with him and listen and let him tell you who you let him reveal your true name to you. Who are you in Christ?
0: Don't go anywhere, Candice. I'm going to get you to pray. Uh, it's important that you understand process. People don't just show up at church on a Sunday and say, "Well, what are we doing this morning?" They've been in prayer. They've been they've been asking God all week. They've been. There's been process that started from the moment that they started walking with Jesus till they show up here. And so um, I, I believe that what she just shared has touched some hearts. You, you, you may be in a place of frustration. You may be in a place of questioning, where do I fit? What is it that I'm supposed to be doing? You may, you may not know um, exactly what your name means in this house or in, in the kingdom, if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to stand up right where you are. You don't have to be embarrassed at all. You just stand up, and, and uh, we're going to pray. We're going to get Candice to pray, and uh, she's going to pray because she she's been through that. She knows where that is. I'm just going to give you a moment. I think there's a couple more, but yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Candice, go ahead, pray. Father, God, I thank, thank you, you for Jesus. hearts that have thank come to
1: know Jesus. you in this house and hearts that are drawn to you and want to serve. The Father, part of the hurdle is figuring out where we fit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, God, I just pray over each person that is standing yes, here today God. that wants yes, to find God. their fit, wants yes, to fulfill God. the God-given purpose over this their lives. God, I just pray that you would speak that to them. For some of them, you're going to whisper it in the night. For some of them, it will be while they're just sitting and having a coffee, God. And all of a sudden, they're seeing something. And they're like, oh, and their heart is moved. And they realize, that's what I'm called to. God, I believe there are people in this house that are not standing that should be. And that's okay. God, God, I know that you can meet them as well. Not one person who walks in this door is without purpose. Each and every one of us were called to build this house. And so, God, I just pray that you would call those people up right now and speak to them. In whatever way it is, with me, it's sarcasm. With other people, it's a still, small voice. But, God, you love us and you know us, each and every individual person. And so, Father, I just pray that you would speak to every person in this house. Speak to the people who are standing and just call them by their name. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Shan, why don't you come? David and Catherine had this great professor in university that we liked him so much that as a family, we went and took a a course from him. And Charles, uh, one of the things he threw out is, if you want uh, to understand someone's theology, you have to read their autobiography. Where has God taken them that they've gotten to where they are right now? You're going to understand something of that in what uh, Shan is going to share today today again, I want you to tell a little bit about the process you got to, had to go through before you got to where you are this morning. Tell what you can.
3: Tell what I can. Um, well, God's done a lot of change in my life, uh, but for what he's been laying, uh, on my heart lately is, um, kind of start back a few weeks ago. Um, my wife and I are parents to not just our kids, but to other kids. That's right. So we see some of the Lots things that they carry yeah. inside them. And quite often, these kids come with a name or an alias that's been put over them. And uh, even me as a kid, I was always, you know, everyone in high school, oh, there's the army kid, or there's the bad influence. You know, I was getting all these these things that were put onto me, but that wasn't who I was. That's right. Um, but even even in our youth group, we would have kids come in and you could just see the name that their parents or or that other people had put on them was dictating how their lives were starting to go. You could see them like, okay, well, if I'm a loser, I'm just going to be that for the rest of my life. And they would start going there, right? And they'd start shuffling over into that direction. And for me... I'm like, no, your name means something more important. Like my name, for instance, you know, Shan, in uh, I can't remember which Chinese dialect, it actually <laughs> means a yak, but I'm not <laughs> a yak. So we'll look into it a little bit further, and, and it's actually a Gaelic name, and it actually means conqueror. That means whatever I come up to, come on. I'm going to get through it. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go over it. And I love how Candice just shared... And I haven't talked to Candace in no. a couple weeks, <laughs> no. honestly. Not that I chose to. It just didn't work <laughs> out that way. And then I was supposed to be in the little office meeting this morning, and I was late, so I had no idea where any of this was going. <laughs> but the name that God's given you is something that dictates where you're going. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to be a conqueror. I'm going to step over anything that comes in my way. But there's also aliases that we put ourselves under. In Strathmore, everyone knows me as either the appliance guy or the Volkswagen guy. As soon as I come into their house, and they're like, aren't you that house with the Volkswagen? And I'm like, yeah, I am. Oh, I know you. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to some complete other town, and people are like, you live in Strathmore. And I'm like, what? Like, this guy's prophesying right now. It is amazing. But there's an alias. And, and I, I love that God's changing that because now... I'm not just the Volkswagen guy, I'm not just the appliance guy, but now I'm going to be the guy that's pastoring. Yeah. Even yeah. my house, my house has an alias over it right now, where people are like, that's the Volkswagen house, but I know it's going to be the house where people are going to be transformed. Yeah. I know it's the yes, house that people yeah, are yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. healed. I know it's yeah. the place where people are going to come to know who Jesus is. Yes. We yeah. already see it over our neighbors. We've got... One neighbor we've been praying for, he's this huge, scary dude. Like, he's like three times the size of me. I swear he's gonna eat me for dinner. And my wife just goes, Oh, God, you need to change this guy. And the guy, like, he knows what we believe, he knows what, what we stand for. And he's just like, he mocks us. He tells his kids, You know, you can't go over there, all that stuff. All of a sudden, he's just like, Oh, here, you're, you're the appliance guy. So he comes wandering over, and he goes, "Ah, I need you. And I'm like, more than you know. But anyway. (laughs) He goes, can you come fix my washer? So I go over, look at it, and okay, I'll get the part. So Friday afternoon, I get the opportunity to go into his house again. And I'm like, little does this guy know, and you invite me in. Oh, man. So, you know, I'm just, okay, I'm going to build a relationship with this guy, and he's just like, you know, it's just been, you know, a tough little while. And he's just sharing some stuff with me. And I'm like, James, you have no idea when you walk into a room how you change things. Really? And I'm like, absolutely. And I I just refreshed him the time that we were in a park. And we saw him walk and He was a loud guy. You could hear him over everything. He's like, And all of a sudden, fella's like, oh, there's James. Don't make eye contact. And he heard that (laughs) through all these people. And he's like, I heard that. And then he comes over. But I'm like, see. That was something, like, you stand out, right? And I'm like, I know God's planting something there that not only does the thing that he sees that he's not worthy, but that that isn't what God sees over any of us. He doesn't see that over me. He doesn't see it over him. And he doesn't see it over you. He says, I've called you by name. I know you, yes. right? And yes. I've got a purpose for your life. So don't don't really come into... That name that someone's called you, whether you're a loser, a stupid, whatever it is, any of those names are false. Because, you know, we, we we had that song, you you say you know, I um I am who you say I am. There you go. He said it better than I could've. Anyway, but you know, he's calling you to a greater purpose and it's actually where you just stand out in front of it, right? So maybe my challenge is is if you're like, okay. I know, I've, I know I'm better than this, but I just don't see it. Maybe take a moment this week, you know, start asking God, God, honestly, what is my name? And, you know, if you've got a favorite Bible verse, most of the time it actually nails it right to the head, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is Romans 12, 1 and 2, and it just talks about conforming but being transformed. So you can't conform... You no longer conform, and if you transform, that means you're stepping over whatever your problem right. is, right? You're actually stepping through that, so that's a conquering thing right there. So whatever your verse is that, you know, maybe means a lot to you, maybe you don't even have one, but start asking God, God, what is something that you want to tell me right now of who I am and who I'm supposed to be? And that's the name that he's already called
0: you to be. hope that makes sense. That helps. I hope it does. That is really good. Um, I just want to add a little dimension to this. Um, this house has a great heart for the next generation. It's my heart. It's, it's the heart of this house. Um, Shannon Moira are invested very deeply in young people. He, he's telling the truth when he says um, his four kids aren't the only kids that he has. They bring kids to church. Maya was here for a long time. She was just a kid who needed love, and and these were the people who gave it to her. She's moved to Ontario, but in her mind, she's thinking of ways all the time to get back here and here because that transformation has happened in her life through love. There's a new neighbor right now that's across the street. She's been here a few times. She's going through her own hassles right now. I think part of it that really started with, uh, with Shannon Moira about eight years ago this week, Shans, how old was he?
3: Uh, my nephew, I think he was early 20s. So, um, I'm going to say 21, I think he was.
0: So eight years ago this, this week, took his own life. And uh, that, that changed a lot of stuff for a lot of people, and we've been praying for that that family and and that really shifted Shannon Moira into a new understanding of just how important it was to be there for people. Tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock, we have a funeral in this building for a young man who was killed in a car accident, 26 years old. But we have connection to that family over multiple years. And somehow, way, it's just been through different people who have been there strategically placed that they're coming here and we'll share the gospel with them tomorrow. The hope that, that Jesus has for us. The feeling that I have, and, and you can let me know, I, I want in just a moment we're going to call for people who have lived under a title that doesn't fit them. It's a little different than what we prayed with Candace you're not sure where you fit but this this is a a title that you've you've been given might might have been a parent might have been a teacher but you know it doesn't fit might have been a friend might have been an enemy it doesn't matter Shan reminded me this morning of a story I told years ago a math teacher who stood over me and said you'll never get math I'm not I'm not going to win a Nobel Prize for for math. I don't think there is a Nobel Prize for math because a mathematician ran off with Nobel's wife. But um, (laughs) I can do math. And so you're here this morning and you've got a name that's over you that doesn't belong. Would you just stand where you are? Just stand. doesn't matter what the name is, it doesn't fit. Yeah. It doesn't fit. You don't want it to fit. You stand. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of folks here. God's given you a name. First of all, he's put his name on you. His name is above every name. So, Shan, go ahead and pray.
3: So, Father God, in this room... You want to do healing you want to do transformation Yes God Yes God. God the names that have been spoken over these people that have hold them in that are holding yes, them into, into prison in chains that it keeps getting spoken over them Father God that we are breaking it right now that there's going to be things that are going to transform in their lives starting Jesus, right now Jesus, Jesus. God that the abundance that in you have name, for them Jesus. is going to happen right now
0: in the name of
3: God you speak over them you love over them father God and that they're going to experience your love this way or this week in a different way that they're going to understand the depth of it it, father God they're going to they're going to understand every aspect of it God that you're calling them right now But those names that are being spoken over them, that they're carrying, that are giant weights pulling them down, Father God, are breaking off right now, now, God, that these are things that aren't going to limit them, but these are the things that are going to extend them, Father God, that the kingdom workers that are standing right here, right now, God, are the ones that are going to bring increase, Father God. They're the ones that are going to bring transformation and freedom to people around them, Father God. They're the ones with boldness. They're the ones with strength. They're the ones with favor, Father God. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are loved by you. Jesus. So God, I pray for every person that's even battling that's thoughts right. that yes, they're not yeah. worthy. That Break there's no point even continuing on, Father God. That you're the one that's going to speak life and life abundantly in there, Father God. That their minds are transformed. That they're renewed, Father God. Mm-hmm. But that they even get the chance to even test your will, Father God. And they get to declare of what you've done, how you've done things in their lives, Father God. And that it's going to set a fire to people around them, Father. That their homes, their workplaces, their families are going to be like what happened. I need that. So God, I know you're doing miraculous things here. I know you're doing things already. And I love that you've already gone ahead and you've already done it beyond what we can even imagine, Father yes. God. So I praise you, I worship you, and I thank you in the powerful name of Jesus.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. A couple of things you need to know is that when change comes, you need to talk talk about it. You need to tell somebody. We, we, we get faith built. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the, the word of their testimony, Revelation says. And so we want to hear your word. Thanks so much, Jen. That's great. Ella, I think you're next. Do you want a table? I have a table. Okay. So, what's your process? How'd you get here today?
4: Long-term or (laughs) short-term? Um, long term process is um, I was 13 when I gave my heart to the Lord so that was a very long time ago Um, married a pastor served in the ministry for a number of years 16 years, it'll be 17 years in February my husband passed away and that became a whole new story for me. I had to uh, cry out to God and say, I don't, I don't know where my identity is. I mean, my identity was a pastor's wife. I'd come in and sit in the front row, worship the Lord, serve him in that capacity, and that's, that's excellent. But I remember the first, first Sunday after going back to church, after Jeff had passed away, standing at the back of the church and going, "Whoa, well, where do I sit? I always sat in the front row. I'm not a pastor's wife anymore. Where do I sit? So anyways, that was a long process, and and God worked in my life and healed my heart. I read something um, a few weeks ago that said, may everyone you come in contact with know and see your healed heart so that they will turn to me, to the Lord. How excellent is that, yeah. and that and that's my prayer. And I think so. Short term, a few weeks ago, I was listening to Joyce Meyer, and um, she said this very simple, profound statement: "We're not saved by serving, but we are saved for serving." Yes. And what I wrote it down, and then um, Bill has been preaching these last few weeks on serving and helping other people and what that means. So then last week when he, uh, Bill, sent us an email and asked us to be preparing our hearts, be thinking about what we were reading and seeing and what God was showing us, um, I listened to a podcast by Christy Knuckles and she, she said, she was talking about our reach. You know, um, whether it's big or small, we can help people in very simple, profound ways. And my neighbor, uh, literally, I live in a condo. She's my next-door neighbor, so she's 10 feet away from me, has gone to Europe for a couple of weeks. And before she left, she said, she asked me, she sent me a text and said, would you look in on my apartment every once in a while? And I said, yeah, of course I would. And last week, as Bill was speaking about the Good Samaritan, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. Good Samaritan, right? I thought, okay, Lord, you know, this is a very simple thing that that Cheryl has asked me to do, check on her apartment. What else? What's one step further? So I felt the Lord say to me, as you go into her house, pray. Just pray for her. Walk around her house, get her mail, pray for her. And I pray that the fragrance of his presence will dwell in that house long after i go so that when she walks in the door from her holidays she'll know in her spirit that something's different That's right. the atmosphere has been changed and and to me that is such a simple thing to do we're all called to serve one another mm-hmm. to love each other and you know it's not always sometimes it can be very inconvenient what God asks us to do for other people. But at the same time, there are very simple things that we can do for one another that will show how much he loves us. Um, So this morning, I woke up very early. And I sat down and I was praying for the services today. And I started writing. And as I wrote and wrote and wrote, um, I discovered it was a proclamation, a declaration that I was speaking over this church. So I I wrote it down, and I just want to share it with you. Who we are as a family, a tribe, a community, whatever you want to call it. This is a safe place. This is a peaceful place. This is a place where everyone is welcome. This is a family that grows and learns together. We are a family that helps one another. We are a family that listens to one another. We are a family that prays for one another. We are a family that knows that belonging is vital. We are a family that cries with each other. We are a family that laughs with one another. We are a family that values our sisters. We are a family that esteems our brothers. We are a family that treasures our young. We are a family that lives by faith We are a family that is a voice of hope. And we are a family that is known by our love.
0: That's good. Don't go anywhere else. There are folks in this place, you may have been here for quite a while and you don't feel like you fit in. You don't feel like that that was an invitation to you to, to fit in, to just be here. We have folks in this room who have prison records. We have people who have hang-ups. We have people who have baggage. And all of us are broken. So you're in good company. You're in good company. And so, Al, will you just pray for those that... It says that God takes the lonely and he places them in family. So, Al, will you just... What what she's proclaimed is who we are. It's, it's an invitation. Just pray that those who are here... And there's something wrapped around them. There's an atmosphere around them, and that's what we're going to talk about next week. But there's an atmosphere around them that just won't allow them to be who they were meant to be. And their home. So, pray them home.
4: Thank you, Lord. We do proclaim, Lord Jesus, that... We will be known by our love. That's right. We proclaim and we believe that you loved us so much and that you want us to belong to a family. We know that, that you, Lord Jesus, Father, you believe in communities.
0: Yes, God. Yes, God. We
4: know that, and and sometimes it's hard to find our place in the family. So we break that off this yes, morning. God. And we stand and proclaim together mm-hmm. that we are a family.
0: Yes, we God. are joined Amen.
4: together Amen, by Lord. you. There's a place Amen. for everyone. Amen. We thank you for this, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, that this is your plan. Yes, this is what you desire. That we belong to each other, that we love each other, that we serve each other. We break off that orphan spirit. Yes. We know that that's not your desire. Yes,
0: God. Yes, God.
4: We thank you for family. We bless your name.
0: Tasha, will you come quickly? We're just going to do one more. Tasha has a scripture verse... It's what you told me <laughs> okay
2: okay so my process since everybody else got to say uh, two and a half years ago I was looking for a new church and God said come here and I was like are you sure and he's like yeah so I came and then uh, that was the process <laughs> <laughs> but he, he also said if if Pastor Bell ever asks you to do something specifically like if if he actually says it you have to do it and I was like okay so I've been waiting two and a half years. <laughs> so finally Pastor Bill sent out this email. I'm like, alright, I don't have to pray about it. It's already, yeah. <laughs> so the scripture verse, uh, I forget it now. Um, I think it was Isaiah 40. Third. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, forty uh verse nine or eleven. Anyways, it's in the Bible somewhere. So it's uh it talks about uh the the shepherd and uh if somebody could read it, that would be great. But just underline it. It's a good It's a good verse for later. Um, but mostly it talks about the shepherd and, you know, he takes in his flock and stuff like that, but also um, those with children. And so I, I always interpret that as like the single mothers. And I'm a single mother. i got, you know, a few kids. And kids that aren't mine. You know, there's, there's always kids around me, whether I wanted them or not. They're always around me. Um, but I, I think that um, a lot of us have uh, sinned that we haven 't dealt with, and it's uh, I think it 's because sometimes we doubt God, and so God can 't further the kingdom if you guys are doubting I mean like us guys, not you guys, but you guys um, i 've I've dealt with all my my sin and stuff, and as a single mother, I mean, obviously you had sex before marriage, and that's that's kind of a bad sin, but I live with that every day, I see that every day, and so not all sins. You can see every day so some of us have you know little sins or big sins that we kind of sweep under the rug and we're like nobody's ever going to see that nobody's going to know but if you're out in the community and you're helping other people and you're doing a great job i mean god's still going to bless those people but you're still in trouble because you haven't asked god to forgive you of whatever sin you're holding on to and and god forgives everything it says in the bible god Mm -hmm. forgives everything and sometimes we're like no no Like I killed somebody, that's not. I mean, I haven't really killed somebody, but I mean, God forgives everything. So whether it's a big sin, maybe you cheated on your wife, maybe you stole something from the store. Uh, For me, for a while, it was not tithing. And I, as a single mom, I mean, you just don't have a lot of money. And I never, like, last year, God worked on me. Don't worry, I'm good. And so God, God was like, "You're tithing every other week, a hundred bucks." And I was like, "I don't have that much money." He's like, "Yeah." trust me and I was like alright so I had to get rid of my doubt I had to get rid of my fear I had to ask God to forgive me of any other sins and faithfully I tithed all last year and faithfully all my bills were paid I have no idea how but yeah, good. Through God. Yeah, I mean good. like this year I have way less money so God's like alright like the other a couple weeks ago Pastor Bill was like okay here's an envelope and you know put money in it and I was like okay but my, I didn't know because I was doing stuff so my son was like oh, I put 20 bucks and I was like wow and I was like okay God what do you want me to put in and he goes all of it am like, what, what do you mean all of it? Because <laughs> like, I don't have a lot of money anyways. And so all of it for me was everything that was in, like, my purse. And I had that money specifically for things. And it doesn't seem like a lot of money. It was, it was $40. But for a single mother, $40 is like a week's worth of groceries. So I was like, all of it? Are you sure? And he's like, are you doubting me? I was like, no. <laughs> I've heard about the wrath of God. No. <laughs> so... So anyways, so I was faithful with that, but as as a single mom, you you have to when you when you ask God to forgive you of something, you have to believe that he has forgiven you, and then you're forgiven. If you don't believe that God has forgiven you, it's because you have doubt that you have to deal with. And you God can't further the kingdom if you're struggling with your own stuff. Yeah. So you have to ask God to forgive you for whatever it is that you're still holding on to that you don't think that he can forgive you for. And you have to trust him that he's going to forgive you of that. And you're going to move on. Because God has a plan for you. And he wants to touch other people's lives. Yeah. And he can't do that if you're being the stubborn one. And we're all in church. There's a great place to get forgiven. So you know, don't hold on to that anymore and just let it go. It doesn't matter what the sin is. You have to say it out loud to God. I mean, we don't care what the sin is, right? You better not care what my sins are. <laughs> God doesn't care. God's not judgmental. He wants you to get over it so that you can go and do the things that he wants the church to grow. So you guys have to do that so we can do it together.
0: Good deal. Thank you. Thank you. Stand up, will you? Stand with me. I'm going to ask uh, leadership just to stand across the front of the church and get ready to pray. Anybody who has a need, you may have an illness in body, you may need to come and find Jesus. These people will help you do it. You may need to reconnect with Jesus. That's part anything. Something you've heard today was helpful. These people will pray over you, pray with you. When you leave here this morning, the thing I want you, there's a couple of things I want to rem- remind you of. Number one, you can hear God. These people... Ask God to speak. They spoke, and different ones at different times heard something that touched and resonated with them. Number two, we're in process. We're all in process. Some of us are just starting. Some of us are further down the road. But we still need God working in our lives, and hopefully you've been encouraged in where you're at. Number three, your life has been created and God has been doing what He's doing because He set you up to help other people. And number four, this house is open to everybody. So Father, this night, today, just before the band begins to sing, we want to lift up our hands and lift up our voice and just say thank you for everything that you've done, for how you've touched lives, the process that you're taking through, how you've promised to speak to us No matter who we are, no matter where we are, how you've forgiven us, how you've set us free, and how you've given us a purpose. And so in these days that are ahead, I pray that this message, these messages that have been shared today will resonate with people. In Jesus' name, let them go from this place knowing that you're loving them and that you're caring for them. Amen.